This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Right here on 98.7 ESPN, Sticks and Foreigner will come together for the Renegades and Jukebox Heroes Tour next summer at PNC Bank Art Center on July 23rd. ESPN New York has your chance to score tickets all week at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. Scroll down to contest and submit your entry. Brought to you by Live Nation. Tickets on sale this Friday, December 8th at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. By the way, so the Jags right now, third and nine from the 14-yard line of Cincinnati looking to tie this game. And uh, Trevor Lawrence throws a, a touchdown pass. Looked like it almost got intercepted, uh, but it did make its way into the end zone. So pending an extra point. The Jags will tie this game. And this is going to have tremendous ramifications on the AFC playoff picture. Let's just say the Bengals somehow win. All of a sudden, they're still alive in the wild card. They'll get to 500, 6-6, and now you have in the North every team at 500 or better. Then in the South, you've got the Jags who would fall to 8-4. and Behind them, Colts and Texans at 7-5. and so both the Colts and the Texans would be live uh, to win that division in the final five weeks of the season. So things get interesting uh, if Cincy pulls this one out. So, you know, I'm kind of rooting for that. I'm kind of rooting for that. 800 919 We do got to go around the league. Niners made a statement yesterday. People are going crazy with the Eagles commentary about what exactly that game meant. Uh, we'll get into that. Sets up, you know, a beauty on Sunday Night Football with the Cowboys hosting Philadelphia, looking to avenge that loss they had to them a couple weeks ago, a game they should have won. Uh, but we'll go around the league. We'll hit on the Giants as well, the non-quarterback controversy that I'm getting the kick out of hearing about. Oh, it's a quarterback controversy with the Giants the rest of the season. No, there's not. We'll get into that. By the way, Kings and the Pelicans just tipped off. Sacramento up 10-4 uh, in this game so far. We'll keep you posted on that. 800-919-3776. Back to the phone lines we go. We hit Marquis, who is in New York. What up, Marquis? How you doing? I had to go back to Zach, but as I've been waiting all day to say this about Zach. I lost Zach when um, the last game he was in, and he, he ran off field for the um. He thought it was fourth down and <laughs> was third down. Like he's not even paying attention what's going on. <laughs> like he's so immature. Um, I'm not trying to step on him, but I keep giving him chances because if he get the oohs and the ahs in Jet Stadium, and we won to win because it feels good when we win it, and if somebody makes a play, but then it just shows like a lack of just discipline, just knowing what's going on. Like he's been. It's not his fault either, to be honest, because he shouldn't have been in that spotlight like that. He wasn't mature enough. They should have got somebody more mature enough to can handle that type of workload. Yeah, that's what this all goes back to, Mark. He, uh appreciate the call, that the fact that they never uh, upgraded that position in the offseason when you were coming in with a 39-year-old quarterback. And I get Rodgers in the last five years had just missed one game, uh, and it was only COVID that kept him out of the game. It wasn't act- an actual injury. He, Played what the latter half of last year with a, a broken finger. He's gonna be. He turned forty this past week, and you had to have a legitimate backup quarterback behind him. And the Jets failed to do that. And now uh, they're in a situation where they're four and eight, officially cooked, and staring at a a thirteen straight postseason DNP. And they'll be at home readying for the draft when the, the playoffs kick around. It also, I guess, clinches. The closing of this Rodgers miraculous comeback, which I guess is good in the long run, 
you don't want him returning behind this atrocious offensive line on that turf at MetLife Stadium where it could literally, I mean, it could spell disaster. Where you, And people were like, well, he'd have all this time to recover if he retore the Achilles. You really want this guy to re-tear his Achilles, have to go through that process again, and then have the confidence next year things are going to be better. And the caller, Dave, who was on to end the last hour, hit it right on the head. I don't know why, but like I was that giant preseason game where Rodgers played two series and then it ended with the the Garrett Wilson touchdown. I held my breath the entire time watching him because I'm like, man, like it would be so just for you to get hurt. And then he escapes the game unscathed. We get to September 11th. And at no point did I think the night was going to end like that. I thought worst case scenario, we just get embarrassed by the Bills. That's the worst case scenario. Embarrassed is a gut punch. Now you got to go to Dallas for week two before New England comes week three. That it, it's just like that's going to be how you start the season if it goes awry. I didn't I didn't foresee him getting hurt, and now that he's gotten hurt, he's a year older. Every single snap next year, you're going to be holding your breath, thinking that the worst case could happen again. And it, it, it it's it's never going to quell itself because it's just. The, na- the nature of this league, and you look all around the NFL with all the quarterbacks who have gone down. I mean, it's injuries galore everywhere, everywhere. So it's just, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. Speaking of the draft, it's definitely on the table they lose out. Like, this team is awful, which would mean they end the season with 10 straight losses. And if it ended today, they'd have the sixth pick in the draft. But now they still have games left against New England and Washington, so they could end up getting even higher. And, and uh, the percent chances have them at you know 32% chance to land a top five pick, 89% chance to land a top 10 pick, which would put them, if they are in the top five, top four, top three, in excellent position to draft a quarterback. And what a conundrum you'd have for this organization that literally never gets it right. You look at all the decisions they make, and at all at every turn, it's like bad decision after bad decision. And speaking of bad decision, uh, the, the Bengals just turned it over in Jags territory. They tried some trick play, and it ended with an interception. So the Jags, worst case, are going to take the lead by a field goal and you know have an opportunity to go up by a touchdown. But the Jets, if they finish with one of the worst records in football, logic tells you that with the abundance of perceived talent coming out of this draft— at quarterback, you have to draft one. You desperately need to start preparing for life uh, after Aaron Rodgers because he's 40. He's not going to be here that long. The window, obviously, is going to close. That's what logic tells you. Not just because he's 40, though, because he's coming off a, of an injury. And you don't get older and healthier. I said this about, like, DeGrom and Scherzer and Verlander. Like, these guys, you know, the Mets kept going after. Like, when you have an injury history, you don't get more durable as you age. And Rodgers is not exempt from that. So that's what logic tells you that they should do, especially because you're going to need some insurance as early as next season. But they're also a team competing for a championship. So using your first-round pick on someone who, in theory, won't play a single snap next year feels like malpractice as you are in the midst of this Aaron Rodgers championship window. They need desperate help on that offensive line. They could badly use some difference makers in the skill position. You really need to, to, to jolt this offense. So you're not caught between 
a rock and a hard place because they're trying to do two things that simultaneously is really hard to execute. Build for the future while also being all in on contending with a guy coming off of a serious injury. So it's just, uh, I don't envy being in that position that Joe Douglas is going to be in. First of all, do you even trust him to draft another quarterback? No chance you do. And even if that's the case, how do you stare Aaron Rodgers in the face when you know his his career is you know wrapping up, and you're like, yeah, we're gonna use that on a quarterback. It's it's an unenviable position to be in. Adams in Brooklyn, what's up, Adam? Hey, Ty, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate you making it. What's going on? Uh, I got uh, two things to say. Uh, first thing is, I would love to be in that office the morning after September 11th when Woody asked. Douglas, okay, Joe, what are we doing for an experienced backup? That's the first thing I want to say, and then I want to I want to hear your answer to that first. Yeah, I, I, it's it's malpractice, and I mean, you do have to wonder because like it can't be as simple as Joe Douglas just has no clue what he's doing. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe like the simplest answer is the correct one, but like, there has to be a reason why they didn't upgrade, and I just don't have the answer to that, man. Like I, I just don't know. I, I, it's going to come out at some point. And I, I can't wait to, you know, find out what it is because th- that was an yeah, embarrassment. I mean, yeah, I mean, could it be like, okay, even now we see that Zach's a lot more mature now. He's ready. <laughs> they can't say that. Yeah, right. Well, it would be based on nothing we saw from the first two years of his career. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what's your second point? You want to follow up? What's the second Yeah, the second thing, the second point is um, I was watching um, – the fan with uh, Evan and Tiki and Joe Benigno, who's a big Jets fan, as we all know. If you're a real Jets fan, you know that he's in touch with Robert Soller after every game, and he gives him a, a few ideas, this, that, and the other thing. I don't know if anybody heard this, but it was on today the podcast. He actually gave him an itinerary of things that Soller should do. What one of the things was he asked him at the end of his text. He said, who are you going with Sunday? Number one, uh, number one, Boyle. Number two, uh, the other guy. And number three, Wilson. And he wrote back, number three, are you kidding me? So that's a little nugget there that said saying after that, that the relationship between Zach and Salah ain't that great. Yeah, it's all I, about Douglas. Yeah, listen, I, Adam, I, I don't know about that. Obviously, I'm not privy to those types of conversations had between, you know, whether it's Beningo and Salah and Salah or whoever the case may be. All I know is that uh, I, I would have an issue with Zach Wilson after this report came out today. I would have an issue with him starting on Sunday. That would rub me the wrong way, and I would imagine that in that locker room. That can't be something that, you know, this team um, embraces. Because if it's true and this kid decided that there was some hesitancy, he was reluctant to get into a game because, you know, with nothing to play for now, he didn't want to risk injury, that that is the the worst message you can possibly send. 800-919-3776. It brings us, though, when we talk about, like, all of the uh, shortcomings and misfortunes of the Jets— the uncomfortable place of questioning that if this losing streak continues, 
Does Woody actually clean house? Rex Ryan weighed in on that this morning when he was on with DPH on Rothenberg, so we'll play that for you. And I'll give you my thoughts on that uh, as we move on. Ty Butler going to midnight right here on 987 ESPN. My head is about to explode here. If you This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. I uh, got my, my little boys turning one on Friday. Joe is going to be one years old, my youngest son. And look, I would love to come on here and, and, and be the guy who says, well, you know, this year flew by. It just flew by. Where does the time go? Man, it's been a long year. I, I got nothing but love for him. He's, he's, he's awesome. He's, he's handsome. He's got a great personality. He's got a lot of vibrancy. But he is trying to set the Guinness World Record for, like, most consecutive months as the, the worst sleeper in the planet. So I'm, I'm about ready for this, uh, this, this part of the process to be over and him to graduate into being somebody who can sleep all, all, all throughout the night. Maybe that's what year two of life, you know. Maybe. I Maybe. hope so. What is a, what is a one-year-old birthday party consist of? Well, look, the, 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 the conventional wisdom is they're not going to remember it, so it's really about the parents so what we did with Noah was we had like an intimate gathering party fiesta at the crib, invited some family members over, a couple pies of pizza, cut a birthday cake, got the smash cake, play some music and, and, and do it that way, which is what we're going to do this weekend with Maverick. Because look, it's, it's about memories, it's about pictures, family, intimacy. They're not going to remember it. Like what'd you do for your first birthday? No idea. None whatsoever. So it's about us. Zero. It's about us, and we're, we're looking forward to it. Hopefully, like you said, though, it does bring some more prosperous times as far as like sleeping, man. Because this it's killing me, bro. Maybe he's just missing the birthday cake. Like maybe that's what'll kick in the nocturnal uh, ability to sleep. I don't know. It's like it's weird because, like, usually if if he's not sleeping well during the night, then he'll sleep a lot during the day. But he doesn't do that either. He maybe he's just not a sleeper. If you, I got, and you've never heard that from a baby. Like this, this kid doesn't sleep at all during the night. Then during the day, he he's supposed to take multiple naps, and he's not really doing that with any success rate. It's 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 awful. I'm I'm, I'm ready for it to be done, and you know when that happens, I'll be a much better, a much happier human being because. What you can't have is, on top of being a parent who's not getting any sleep, having to watch the Jets every single Sunday. That just those are two well, things. Well, the Jets just... can put you to sleep with the offense. Uh, so they, there you uh, go. <laughs> yeah, how about the thirteen to eight? Like, I actually felt bad for my man Kenny Albert having to call that. Him and Jonathan Vilma doing the best they can. They're professionals. They're greats. But sitting there through in the cold rain, watching that garbage. Oh, man, that, that was awful. And then once the Jets get the safety, by the way, shout-out to Ashton Davis, Jermaine Johnson. Um, both have, uh, both had really good games. Jermaine Johnson's a gem, by the way. Ashton Davis is, is shining in that 2020 class that's going to go down as one of the worst free agent class, or draft classes we've seen in quite some time, especially if Makai Becton doesn't figure it out. But after the safety, they go up 2 nothing. You're thinking, man. <laughs> they gonna have to shut him out. Two, two might be all. Two might be all you're getting on the scoreboard. 
You're doing the calculus of, okay, how many field goals is this going to take to get a win? You know what's so funny? So they're down 13 to 8, right? And I'm like, all right, so this is a two-possession game. Because like, it's a one-possession game because all you need is a touchdown. The Jets don't score touchdowns. What did I mention the number was? They, they have 10 touchdowns in 12, in 12 games this year. So 13 to 8 to everyone else is a one-possession game. To the Jets, it's a two-possession game. No, it feels like three. It really feel, it <laughs> it feels, feels like It feels like three. But ma- mathematically, it's a two-possession game because you need two drives into the red zone to kick field goals in order to take the lead. And, and it should be, if we're being, I mean, all the way honest and keeping it real, it should be a six-game losing streak. They had no business winning that Giants game. Brian Dable lost his mind by deciding on fourth and one with Saquon, who had just rushed for 126 yards. As it's, instead of giving him the ball, who the Jets couldn't stop in the second half, he sent out a kicker who, after the game, went on IR. And then, of course, uh, Graham Gano, who had been missing kicks all season, missed and then had allowed the Jets to win that game. But they should be on a six-game losing streak. Nobody deserved to win that game. That if any game deserved to be ended a tie, a tie it, it's that game. Both <laughs> it, teams were awful. It was the worst, like probably the worst game you've ever seen. Well, the Jets Patriot game is up there. The Giant Patriot. Wait, which game Jet Patriot back? game? The, fir- Although, the first uh, one this year. Oh, week three. I was yes. <laughs> I was in MetLife Stadium yes, for that at that, the at the ESPN tailgate, sitting in the rain watching that debacle. The Monday night game last week was also bad. Minnesota and, and uh, oh, Chicago. Terrible. That, but at least you had some, you know, theatrics at the end. It was still a bad game. Came but, down to a, you know, game-winning field goal. So you had that going for you. Well, it's sort of the Jet game. But that's just, it was both quarterback ineptitude in both games we're talking about here. Last week's Monday night game and that Jet giant debacle. But it's just been awful football, man. And you get tired of talking about it. But you can't go away from it just because every single day they give you a new piece of evidence to show you, yeah, we're still you know, not only the most dif- dysfunctional organization in football, could argue the most dysfunctional organization in all the sports. Uh, Rex Ryan on DPH or in Rothenberg uh, it was asked, are you any... Uh, any concern about the team annoying Rodgers by making coaching changes? Who cares? I'm going to tell you why. He's not the owner. He's not the head coach. He's not the general manager. We've been acting like he is. Every decision that we've made based on him has been a disaster. This guy's a smart guy. You don't think he can he can learn another offense? Of course he can. But, you know, hopefully we don't have to go through it. Hopefully this team gets better as the year goes on, that we, that we can get better and get, you know, and win some of these games where he can have his, you know, his coordinator and, and his players and all that. But if it doesn't get better, if it doesn't get better, nobody's going to care. It's hard to argue that. Douglas, since coming on board in 2019, 24 and 54, he's 30 games under 500 as the general manager of this operation that, uh, to this day, still doesn't have an offensive line that you can even say is serviceable. I mean, that was the biggest you know, impediment when he, when he took the job. It was the biggest hole on the team when he took the job, and somehow it's gotten worse. So that, that, that obviously has to fall on him. Uh, Salah is about to miss the playoffs for the third consecutive season. You don't see a lot of head coaches survive that in this league. They started seven and four last year, ended with six straight losses. They started four and three this season. I mentioned should have lost to the Giants following the bye, which would have been a disaster. How do you beat the Eagles and then with two weeks to prepare for a Giants team who ended up having no quarterback uh, to throw the football the entirety of the second half? 
you almost lost that game. They did end up losing the next five straight, and every week, it's just so frustrating to watch. Penalties continue to be an issue, where they had 11 more yesterday for 71 yards. Guess who's sixth in all of football as the most penalized team? Sixth most penalized team in the sport, that would be your New York Jets. So all of that adds up to they better think they're lucky stars that Aaron Rodgers is here and they are surviving on the Aaron Rodgers scholarship. Because evidence suggests that they all should be gone. I mean, we should be cleaning house, no questions asked, at the end of the season. And I like Robert Sala. I I think that you do have to give him credit for taking what was, in year one, the worst defense in the league, to a top-five defense last year, and much of the same this year, despite not having quarterback play to you know complement that side of the ball. Got to give credit for that. He's an excellent motivator. Guys play hard. He's done his best to keep that locker room together, but there really is no evidence that he's a head coach. If I asked you, you know, Robert Sala is the what best head coach in football. What number are you putting that at? Like, how many coaches are you taking Robert Sala over in the NFL? Now, maybe that's like to be determined. There's still a verdict out on that. But, you know, when you look at what this team has been under him, Yes, the excuse is there, no quarterback. I, you can't make a case he's a great head coach. You can't make a case he's a good head coach. I would have loved to seen him get good quarterback play and see what he could have become, but the penalties every single week, that has to fall on him. But, you know, as pathetic as the Jets are, could you imagine? Because, like, everyone has this, like, joke they keep throwing out there. Well, you, you fire Salah, you know who's going to be the next head coach? Nathaniel Hackett. Seriously? As pathetic as the Jets are, as pathetic as they are, could you imagine firing Robert Sala and making Nathaniel Hackett the head coach? The Jets over their last seven games in a quarter have scored four offensive touchdowns. That is 88 drives. Yesterday, Miami scored five touchdowns on nine drives. I mean, the guy most responsible for... This historically bad offense that is offensive, the guy most responsible for that is Nathaniel Hackett. Imagine giving him a promotion after watching this season. Again, I go back to all these backup quarterbacks, no problems putting up points. We're watching it with Jake Browning tonight. So far, the Bengals have 21 points. Gardner Minshew has the Colts at 7-5. and five. We know about the Josh Dobbs storyline. You see backups all over the place looking functional. We're not asking you to put up 30, but in a league that's begging you to score, you can't score more than four offensive touchdowns in your last 88 drives. I mean, come on now. Come on. So giving Nathaniel Hackett a promotion at this season would just be like that. That's the Jets being like only the Jets. Only the Jets, hashtag only the Jets on steroids, giving this guy a promotion. And the only way, the only reason why you would be bringing back this entire iteration of the regime of Douglas, Sala, and Nathaniel Hackett is because Rodgers is is telling you that's what it has to be. Because you can't watch them embarrass themselves every single week and think, yeah, you know, he's going to fix this. There are certain things that you look at. And it's glaring hole after glaring hole. Robert Sala, I made the baseball analogy. He has a very high slugging percentage. Like he hit on Jermaine Johnson, hit on Sauce, 
hit on Brees Hall, who's been I mean struggled after that Broncos game. He's been non-existent. Obviously, Garrett Wilson, and then some of the free agent uh, pickups, the Quincy Williams of the world, uh, the Bryce Huff. Like he's had those moves you know, defensively. Al Wood, Solomon Thomas, like the, the guys he's put on that defense, especially, have been awesome. But you look at his drafts, I mean, there are a lot of swings and misses, just a ton of them. That, that offense is littered with swing and miss after swing and miss. And you have no difference maker on that side of the ball outside of, right now, Garrett Rosen, because even Brees Hall's not a difference maker. I watched Dalvin Cook look better than him yesterday, and Dalvin Cook fumbled the ball and led to a touchdown uh, by for the score for Atlanta. It's just a mess. It is an absolute mess. So it's on the table, man. I mean, they lose 10 straight games to end the season. You telling me with certainty you're bringing back this this uh, head coach and this general manager? I don't know. 800-919-3776. We'll go around the NFL. We still got to play in or out, talk some basketball, baseball. Still a whole lot to do before we get out of here at midnight. Right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show. On 98.7 ESPN. Funny. And it's it's like inappropriate. Chad's putting, you know, Shannon on to, you know, women and, and, and Shannon's expressing interest. And look, I'm a church goer. Yeah, yeah, you guys know, you listen to me. I'm in church every Sunday morning. But when Shannon was like, yo, is she interested? He's like, yeah. He's like, she'll fly, you know, she'll fly first class. So you go on a date. He's like, when's the last time she went to church? Has she gone to church in the last two years? He's like, nah, I don't think so. He's like, good, because I need me a sinner. <laughs> I was like, yo, Shannon Sharp is crazy. Yo, he, he's actually becoming, you know, one of the biggest stars, personalities in sports media. He's diversif- uh, diversifying his portfolio, not just someone who could talk football. He's, you know, really, really dialed into the NBA, big LeBron fan, so he's rooting for the Lakers. Shannon's that dude. Shannon's that dude. 800-919-3776. Let's go over some of the you know, biggest storylines from yesterday's action. I mean, Chargers-Patriots. That's like one of those games where even if you're the Chargers, you won 6 six nothing. You, you should still fire your head coach after that. Like Brandon Staley, I used to defend him. There's no defending what happened in the playoffs last year and the fact that you have this much talent and you're two games under 500. 6 nothing, 6 nothing in New England? And look, I, no one's going to convince me that the Patriots aren't tanking. I watched that game against the Giants where they, they settled for a field goal, had a chance to win it with a touchdown, and they're milking the clock, not utilizing timeouts. Bill Belichick coach teams don't struggle with time management. They're tanking. And, and you went there and put up six points with that offense? Unbelievable. Uh, the Lions avoided what would have been a disaster. What were they up? 21-3 to on the Saints? 21-0 after the first quarter. Saints made a, a miraculous comeback, but ultimately fell by five. Lions improved to 9-3. and three. They're still alive uh, for the number one seed. Had to rebound from that embarrassment on uh, Thanksgiving Day, losing to the Packers. But it's a big win for the Lions. Still don't trust them. No one's going to be- really believe that they could actually go on the road and win a playoff game. They're going to win this division, so they'll be hosting in the first round. But no one's going to actually believe that you know they can... Uh, make some noise because you have too much respect for San Francisco has been there and done that. Too much respect for Philadelphia has been there and done that. And Dallas, I think, is a better team. We'll see uh, Detroit and Dallas hook up in uh, Week 17. But uh, the Lions continuing to win games. I thought it was very interesting. I heard Cowherd talking about this. I think it was Cowherd. Someone brought this up on Fox. 
You know, Goff's contract situation is coming up. Um, he's going to be due for an extension. But based on how he's played of late, are they are they giving him a big time contract? So that's going to be an interesting storyline to watch out for. Steelers, uh, I mean, what can you say about them? You give all the love and respect to Mike Tomlin, who every single year proves he's one of the best coaches in football. That was a three-three game at the end of the first quarter. They lose Kenny Pickett, who had uh, ankle surgery today. He looks like he's going to try to return before the end of the season. But once he went down. They had no shot. Not that Kenny Pickett is uh, lighting it up, but they had no shot. Mitch Trubisky comes in. They turn the ball over, and then Kyler Murray uh, played pretty well. Cardinals win that one 24-10. The Dolphins, I joked about this with Gordon Damer, a big Dolphins fan. If the NFL changed the, the playoff format and Miami was only allowed to play teams under 500 in the postseason, they'd be a legitimate contender. They'd win the whole damn thing. Another blowout win for them, 45-15 to over the Commanders. They dust them after dusting the Jets on Black Friday. All they do against bad teams is put up points. And Tyreek Hill's in the MVP conversation. I don't think he's the best receiver in football, but he's certainly the most explosive. He is just a big-time, game-changing player. And every time, you know, Tua and they're on the field on offense... Where's Tyreek Hill? Oh, he escapes for a 55-yard touchdown pass. Tyreek Hill doing Tyreek Hill things. Uh, But the Dolphins are in that spot where, once again, we're not going to really believe that they are capable of winning at all until they finally beat a good team. And they'll have their opportunity to do that because their schedule coming up after they beat the Titans, um, what is that, next Monday, the the doubleheader of Monday Night Football, uh, they play the Jets, but then they got the Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills to end the season. So they'll get their chance to show that they're not frauds uh, like the Vikings were last year. Texans uh, beat the Broncos 22-17. to Russell Wilson had a chance to end it late. Throws a game-ending interception. C.J. Stroud continuing to look very impressive as a rookie. How about that? C.J. Stroud didn't need to sit a whole season. He looks pretty good. And if the, the Bengals somehow find a way to, to win this game, which, um, you know, it's going to be tough because Trevor Lawrence is now finding some uh, some rhythm. They're marching into uh, Bengals territory. If the Bengals find a way to win this game, Jacksonville will just be one game ahead of Houston in that division. So that could create some uh, interesting uh, end-of-season playoff scenarios. Buccaneers top the Panthers. To improve to 5-7, and seven, they'll play a big game against the Falcons next week. They're one game back of the Falcons in the worst division in football. Saints, uh, Saints, Rams hanging 36 on the Browns' defense. Impressive, impressive. Stafford uh, and the Rams are right in the thick of things in the playoff picture at 6-6. Six and six. And then, you know, the big game of the day was the Eagles and the Niners. So here's the thing. I, 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 the, the Philadelphia Eagles discord to me is outrageous. Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith, who y'all know I love on first take. He's one of my idols. Fantastic. At the top of the food chain in, in sports media. But he, he said something today, like that game yesterday delegitimized the Eagles winning the NFC last year. I, that made no sense to me. There's validity to the argument that if Purdy doesn't get hurt in the NFC Championship game, it's a different story. But to totally discredit them is, to me, a touch too disrespectful. Do I think the Eagles still win that game if Purdy doesn't get hurt? Sure. But obviously, you know, it wouldn't have gone the way that it would have, uh, that it did, 
if Purdy would have been able to stay in the game, then Josh Johnson comes in, he gets hurt, and now they can't. They, they're forced to run the ball the rest of the game. So, yes, it was a spanking. It was a statement. And I think it was more about San Francisco being excellent than it was the Eagles. Brock Purdy has now surged atop the MVP rankings. Vegas has them as a favorite to win it. And just look at what they've done against the other two contenders in this conference. Or the two contenders in this conference. They've beaten the Cowboys and the Eagles by a combined 84-29. to I mean, talk about making a statement. They're clearly right now the best team in football. The most talented on both sides of the ball. They have the number one defense. And they have all these weapons they throw at you. And they get their speed guys in space with Ayuk and Debo and McCaffrey and Kittle. I mean, they just keep coming after you. And Simmons, it's just too much. So you're just banking on Brock Purdy having one of those games where the moment is too big, which I I don't know how that happens because in this Shanahan system, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's conducive to his talents. And he puts him in great positions to, you know, to not make mistakes. He plays within the flow of the offense. So you're you're just going to be have to be banking on them getting some, you know, uncharacteristic turnovers because if they play their best, there's no team that can touch them in the NFL. No team that can touch them. Back to the Eagles real quick. Look, they're 10-2, and a year removed from almost beating Kansas City in the Super Bowl. So hangover, losing both coordinators, history of you know no repeat winners in the NFC East since 2004. None of that has phased them. They still have the best record in football. They're going to get um, their tight end back. So I think that's going to be huge for their offense. And I, I, just, I just feel like the Eagles do have a next level they can get to. I still think they have a next level they can get to. Jalen Hurts has been playing MVP football. So I think they'll be okay. That's That defense, the secondary, leaves a lot to be desired. Oh, no. Trevor Lawrence just went down, and he's slamming the field, banging his helmet. Looks like uh, he's injured. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious. But whenever a player reacts that way, and he's frustrated, you, you're just hoping for the best. He just went down. Uh, and look like a not is that a non-contact injury, Joe Lee? I'm I'm trying to make one of his linemen just rolled up on him. Oh, a lineman rolled up on him. Rolled up on his uh, oh, on his left, an- left ankle. On his left ankle. Hopefully, that's nothing serious. Oh man, but he goes down at the Bengals thirty. And if you're in if you're in Jacksonville, you're holding your breath. All the quarterbacks that we've lost this year to, to season-ending injuries, you're just hoping and praying. I don't want to speculate. That's irresponsible. You're just hoping and praying that it's, it's nothing too serious. Just judging by the way he, he, you know, he slammed his helmet down, banged the, the field, just did not look good. But, you know, back to the Eagles, I think they'll be fine. What a huge win that was for uh, Green Bay yesterday. I'll be honest. Uh, maybe I was wrong about Jordan Love. I still think it was a mistake for the Packers in the midst of uh, Rodgers winning MVPs in a championship window to trade up to draft a guy uh, when you could have used some difference makers on both offense and defense. Trading up to draft Jordan Love because you were trying to look to the future. To me, just uh, it was utter nonsense, made no sense. But Jordan Love, last five games, 11 touchdowns, two interceptions. How about this, Joe? What a cruel world this would be. If the Packers make the playoffs. <laughs> so last year with Rodgers, they missed the playoffs. 
and they lose it in Week 18. Remember Sunday Night Football against the Lions. They missed the playoffs. Rodgers goes to the Jets. Jets end up with a top five pick. Packers go from missing the playoffs to making it because Jordan Love in the second half of the season showed you that he's a franchise quarterback. That's cruel. You know what's even more cruel, and I just thought of this? Remember that bar in Green Bay that was paying people's tabs if the Jets continue to lose? Well, they made a killing this year. Made a killing this year, and it was like every time Rodgers turned the ball over, it was free shots, paying your tabs when the Jets lose. And if all of that can be parlayed into the Packers making the playoff, they looked pretty good last night. Uh, Maybe that was more about Kansas City, uh, but the Chiefs' uh, the Chiefs. Have had troubles on offense this year with all the drops and receivers not being on the same page with Mahomes. Kelsey doesn't look to be that dominant force that you know he has been in the past. And then weirdly, we saw a comment a couple weeks ago about you know he thinks about retirement more than you know people realize. So maybe it was more about the Chiefs than it was the, the Packers. But the Chiefs' defense one of the best in football. So for Green Bay to hang 27 on them and do it with the level of ease that they did. Uh, you you got to give them credit. So Green Bay, right in the thick of things in the playoff picture, they're 6-6. Six and six. They got the Giants on Monday Night Football next week. That is a huge win for them. And then, you know, we, we mentioned the Texans uh, who got another big win. So young quarterbacks, Jordan Love, C.J. Stroud, Brock Purdy, all playing well. Jalen Hurts, they're all just playing well. And then the Jets just can't find a quarterback. They can't do it. Can't do it. Right now, the, the Jaguars... Did they just miss that field goal? Wow. 48-yard attempt. Missed by the Jags with a chance to take the lead. Uh, so they get some uh, unfortunate sequencing here as Trevor Lawrence goes down with an injury. We're going to await word before we uh, see what that's all about. And now their field goal kicker with a chance to take the lead. Four minutes, 59 seconds left in the game. Just missed. Just missed. So Bengals take over. With a chance to uh, go up, so I think what we're gonna do here, Joe, is I'm gonna take a call here, and then we can just kind of make up the make up the breaks. I know we went long there. Let's go to Jay in Queens. What's up, Jay? What's going on, Ty? What's Always up, bro? A pleasure, man. Thank you for calling. So in. What's going on? My pleasure, man. My pleasure. So my idea for the Jets, I was talking to the screener. So all right, first of all, got to fire fire the coach. Why you got to fire the coach is because you need new culture need new culture. This team has been toxic for years, and you got to change the culture. Second thing is you draft a quarterback, and you draft a quarterback because you need an insurance policy just in case Aaron Rodgers isn't that good and the defense is still good, right? And it also puts pressure on him to play well. And uh, the last thing you do, and what I also told the screener, is that I felt that Aaron Rodgers has lost his leverage in negotiations. He's 0 for 5 on bringing people here to help the team and help them do well. So what do you think about all that, time? No, I hear you, man, and I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I, I just don't see how when you're this deep into bed with him, you you turn the page and decide, all right, we're going to take back control of our organization. Um, I, I You've kind of, I don't want to say sold your soul, but you've invested heavily into this guy. And the reason why you had to do that was because you you missed on Zach. So now I put you into a position where you were really desperate. This guy becomes available. And now the expectation was that you were going to utilize not just the talent, but his leadership, 
his influence to bring guys in, Nathaniel Hackett and Lazard and Cobb, and they were going to help fortify you as a contender. I believe that, you know, Dalvin Cook, he was on board with that. It hasn't worked out. So I, I get it. Or that the early returns on the Aaron Rodgers experiment are not good right now. But you're so invested in him that you got to see it through, especially because there's no alternative. It's not like there's another quarterback that's waiting out there for you to go acquire. And he's got a huge cap hit next year. What is it, $60 million next year? So you're in this thing for the long run. You're just hoping that he can come back healthy. You can kill it in the draft, make some maneuvering done, and have some maneuvering done in free agency. And then maybe you position yourself as a contender. But it's all hope right now. And hope's not a good plan. Especially when the hope is is heavily, you know, resting upon uh, the Achilles of a, a 40-year-old. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. 800-919-3776. Hour number three coming up next. We'll play in or out with uh, the producers. Right here on 9870 ESPN.